The Undisclosed Podcast is the most popular innocence podcast in the world, with over 355 million downloads. From their podcast debuting examining the Adnan Syed case, to their most recent season five looking at a brutal double homicide in Michigan, the Undisclosed Podcast trio of lawyers has helped exonerate over half a dozen innocent defendants. And you know, I love this. Follow Rabia Chaudhry, Susan Simpson, and Colin Miller as they investigate wrongful convictions and solve murders by unpacking every detail of the crime investigation, the trial, and conduct their own investigations to find new evidence never before seen or heard. Season 6 drops October 4th. Search and subscribe to Undisclosed Today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the Undisclosed Podcast and the Undisclosed team on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at UndisclosedPod. Previously on Murder in Alliance. We're looking into the Yvonne Lane case. So we're just wanting to visit with you about Chris and what he had to say about it. Remember, he says that that guy's innocent. He said he never murdered that girl or whoever. I don't know who, though. He won't speak. <laughs> and then the night he showed me, and then the night that they showed me, it didn't match up. I can't physically say that he did it. You know, why you haven't come forward until now? Because I've been scared for my life. When I say that she seemed to have a dark side about her, the things that she said in my kitchen that day. She wanted to know if I knew how much it cost to bump somebody off. She was not asking. It sounded as though she already had the answer. This is Murder and Alliance, an active investigation into who killed Yvonne Lane. I'm Maggie Freeling. On one of our many trips to Ohio to report on this case, we finally tracked down David Thorne's sister, Gina. If you remember, Detective Bud Sampson told us we should find her because he said she believed David was guilty of killing Yvonne Lane in 1999. But that wasn't what she told us recently, or the police for that matter, when she was questioned after the murder. I had asked my brother, um, I had mentioned to him that I was very upset with what had occurred, and I asked him if he did it. He said no. And I asked him if he knew who did it or who was involved. And he told me no, that he did not. Do you believe the answer to the, to the last question? I believe that my brother did not commit this crime, but I do, do believe that he may know what might have happened or who was involved. It seems like this statement that David may know who was involved or what happened was misinterpreted as he was involved. Gina made clear to us that that's not what she thought. Did you ever have the thought that maybe David did have something to do with it? Or have you always steadfastly known he did? I, you know what, I took David's word as golden when I asked him about it. You know, it was like they twisted my words around and just went right after my brother. So Samson wasn't exactly correct, 
but he had also told us that police had considered whether David's girlfriend, Amy, had anything to do with the case. And Gina did say to police she had questions about Amy. She wanted to know if I knew how much it cost to bump somebody off. I ended the conversation by telling her that no, I didn't, because I was never interested in, in having that done to anyone I knew. Did she say that like she knew or she was asking? She was not asking. It sounded as though she already had the answer. David and Amy Davis started dating sometime in 1996 after he and Yvonne broke up, which David always said was amicable and mainly about her relationship and kids with Eric. Now, if you remember, David rekindled his relationship with Yvonne after he found out about Brandon in the summer or fall of 1998, just months before Yvonne's murder while he was still dating Amy. And David said the two women nearly came to blows one day when David agreed to take Yvonne to the doctor. And so we always wondered, is it possible Amy found out that David and Yvonne had started seeing each other again? We don't know much about Amy except what David's family had told me. Here's David's aunt Vicky again, who you heard from earlier in the season. Yeah, tell me about Amy. Um, I dislike her very much. I think she's a devious little devil. She was, well, let me tell you, I never did like her, ever. Um, She puts on that cute little, I'm this cute little thing, but she's got not nice things in the background of her brain. So she she just likes to cause trouble. I never, just never liked her. Never have. I don't know if I ever told David that. I just could never trust Amy anyway, so... And I never felt that way about Yvonne at all. Amy was never interviewed by the police that we know about. Surprise. It would make sense that they talked to her, but again, we have no record of it, and she did not testify at trial. All we have is an incredibly bad recording from her grand jury testimony. It's nearly impossible to hear, but Amy is asked about this conversation with Gina. I'll play a small clip. Yeah. 
I know that was really tough. Basically, she says that, yes, she talked to Gina about Brandon, but did not tell Gina that she and David would be better off if Yvonne was dead. Amy said simply that she just avoided her and never spoke about harming her in any way. So with Gina's statement to police about Amy asking about a hitman, it was crucial to talk to Amy. Doesn't it seem like the world's against us from getting a good night's sleep this time of year? I cannot figure out my temperature. Sometimes I'm hot, sometimes I'm cold, sometimes it's sweltering out. But all of that aside, when you have a purple mattress, you can sleep cool and comfortable no matter what the world throws at you. That's because only purple mattresses have the grid. It's a unique ventilated design that allows air to flow through to help you sleep cool, even when it feels like a thousand degrees out. Unlike memory foam, which remembers everything, the grid bounces back as you move and shift. So you never get that I'm stuck feeling like you do with memory foam. Honestly, I have been obsessed with purple mattresses ever since I saw their ad with the egg test. Look it up, watch the video, it truly feels like I could sleep on an egg and it would never get crushed because I don't feel like there are any pressure points when I'm sleeping with a purple mattress. And if you don't believe me, you can try your purple mattress risk-free with shipping and returns. Financing is available too. Purple is comfort reinvented. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash MIA and use promo code MIA. That's purple.com slash MIA, promo code MIA for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash MIA, promo code MIA. Terms apply. Back in Ohio, we searched for Amy and went to the most recent address we had for her. No answer. We went back again and again, different days and times, and every time the house looked vacant. No car, blinds shut. But a neighbor confirmed, yes, a woman lives there with her kids, and it sounded like it might indeed be Amy. Somebody was in that house then. It was a, it sounded to me like a woman's voice. It felt like a TV to me. Just think if it was Amy, surely she's got a car. Right? So pulling a Hail Mary, the guys left their card and we departed Amy's house for the last time. Let me go get a card. Oh, you got one? We hoped she would call, but we were not holding our breath. For now, we had to move on without Amy. And it seemed like the best way to get to the bottom of what was going on was to finally speak to the man whose testimony landed David in prison for life. It was time to reach out to Joe Wilkes. To be clear, I personally have not spoken to Joe. As you know, the private investigators from Proclaim Justice advised me to let them do all the interviews during their preliminary investigation. Anything I may say or ask a witness could taint their statements for the court. So John Hardin wrote Joe, informing him of who he and Danny Waxler are and what they're doing, reinvestigating the murder to find the truth of what happened. 
Now, from messages I've seen between Sue and Joe and hearing all the interviews he's done with Sue and other media, I did not think that Joe would be too happy to hear from anyone. Plus, if you remember, even though he told police that he killed Yvonne, by cooperating and telling the police that David had hired him, he got a lesser sentence than David. 30 years with the possibility of parole. Joe has already done 22 years, so he could be looking at freedom in just eight years. I figured he would have no interest in bringing all of this up again. I thought he would just want to finish out his time and move on without any of the mess that happens every time he speaks to someone about this case. And when I say mess, I mean all of his conflicting statements. In fact, I figured he would actually send them a nasty message back, telling them to fuck off or something, if he even responded. But that didn't happen. Joe wrote back eager to talk and tell his story. So the guys worked on setting up a legal visit, which proved to be next to impossible in Ohio to get done in a timely manner. And so we waited. And waited. But in the meantime, we couldn't waste time, so we tracked down some other key witnesses first. Now, as you know, I have to edit interviews for time and coherency. You only get to hear bits and pieces of what everyone is saying, like Joe, for example. Although Joe's interview I played pretty extensively, there were small bits I left out to avoid confusion at the time. But one of those bits was actually... Not small at all. A huge bombshell I left until now. During the interrogation, police asked Joe if he told anyone else about killing Yvonne. Did you tell anybody else what you had done? Joe? Um, one person had me about Who's that? My best friend, Sam Pegg. Joe said he told his friend Samantha Pegg that he murdered Yvonne. Now, I thought this was odd he mentioned Sam and not Rose and Chris. So I was immediately skeptical that this was even true. Well, fortunately, police not only tracked down Sam at the time, but they also recorded the interview with her and gave it to both legal teams. So we actually have this audio. Sunday, July 18th, 1999. The time is 10.29 hours. My name is Detective Bud Sampson, City of Alliance Police Department. Also in the room is Detective William Mucklow from the Alliance Police Department. Sam Pegg was one of Joe's only friends. In fact, his best friend. They went to school together. You guys have a pretty good relationship as far as friends. You can tell him anything. He usually yeah. talk back and forth real good. And what the 19-year-old had to tell the police about her best friend was damning. And did you have a chance to talk alone with Joe at a friend's house? Yes. And when was this? At the end of June, in between the 18th and the 25th. Okay. And how was his demeanor at that time? How did he, how did he seem to you? He seemed like something was bothering him. Because he came to the house and was like kind of shook up. And I was like, what's wrong, Joe? He goes... So later came around. Uh, Joe goes, I need to talk to you. And I said, what's wrong? And he goes, um, can we go downstairs? I said, yeah. 
And so we went downstairs and <coughs> he goes, you know my trainer Dave? And I was like, well, I heard you talk about him. He goes, well, he had me kill his ex-wife. And I asked him why, and he said, because he wanted custody of his kids. And I said, well, did you do it? He goes, yeah. I was like, okay. If Sam is telling the truth, this is huge. But we're approaching everything in this case with skepticism because there have been allegations that the police have put pressure on people to say what they want. We needed to know if Sam's statement was the truth or if she'd been pressured to make her story fit Joe's. And so we went to find out. If she's, you know, saying that she was coerced by police or forced in some way to outright lie about <coughs> Joe ever telling her that, then I'm going to ask her to sign an affidavit and make it legally binding and see what she says. I'm pretty sure she's going to say that. Yeah. I'm going to have a very hard time believing her, but we'll see. That came up a long time ago before we even got near her that she was leaned on. Yeah, and I don't remember where it was from. Now, Sam hasn't spoken to anyone since her police statement and her grand jury testimony. Surprisingly, she didn't even testify at trial. For trial, she was subpoenaed but could not be found. However, we were determined to find her. We heard from Sue that she was still in the area. But when Sue went to speak with her years ago, Sam slammed the door in her face. And based on Sam's social media presence and hearing from Sue, we got the impression Sam was a no-bullshit person, street-savvy and pretty gruff. We realized this might be even harder than Chris. So she's one that shut the, shut the door in Sue's face. So Sue hasn't talked with her, like really talked to her. But she wrote that comment. She wrote a comment in 2013. So that was eight years ago that she wrote on some... Social, social media, media posts about she didn't think Joe did it. Um, and Joe shouldn't have involved her, which is a really weird statement. Yeah. So that's really what we know about her. And so the angle will be, listen, we know that you've made posts since this conviction that you believe Joe's innocent. And, you know, we're trying to figure that out. And if he is, we're going to help him. So we'd like to visit with you. We went to the most current address for Sam. That's a fine looking dog. Morning. Is is Sam around? Uh, no. Uh, Samantha? Samantha? Oh, Samantha. No. Oh. Does she live here? No, she does, She hasn't lived here for a long time. Oh. Uh, Turned out it was her parents' home. And her parents were very lovely people who invited John and Danny to sit on the porch with them and talk. Do you guys want to come up here and sit down? Sure. Uh, which she was living with you back when all that happened? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Do you remember her like comments that she made to you about it as y'all were talking about it? She she didn't say anything to me at the time. So what happened was she didn't say anything to me at the time that it happened. Mm. And uh oh my. <laughs> they that they came and got her because they wanted to talk to her about this. Murder. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, so, uh, so my husband and I uh, uh, mortgaged the house, got her an attorney, because the kind of we didn't know how, you know, where this was gonna go. Right. Were yeah. they threatening her with charges? 
Because we uh, they wanted her to testify. Yeah. That's what it, they wanted information from her. And no, uh, they no told her she had to tell the truth and tell. They her, told John know. and Danny that they remember it all, and even mortgaged their house to hire Sam a lawyer. Her parents told them that when Sam got roped into all of this by Joe, the police told her if she knew anything, she had to tell them, threatening charges against her. Something like conspiracy after the fact. So Sam wasn't there, but they told us where she was living with her daughter. She's been staying with Savannah okay. ever since she got picked up on this drug charge. Okay. And Savannah has her own place? Yeah. Yeah, what, an apartment in Kent? Yeah. They gave us the address, and we went to find her. When we pulled up, we saw the car her parents told us she was driving. And as John and Danny were miking up to exit the car, I can't get this thing someone resembling Sam's description exited the building and started walking towards her car. So they raced over. Are you Samantha? Maybe. <laughs> they do the spiel. Right. Joe Wilkes and... <laughs> it's never, it's just doesn't go away, does it? So what we've been trying to do is instead of taking what everybody else has done, we're just relooking at everything, which has led us to everyone that had, to some degree had information at that time. Can you take us back to that time? Do you remember what was going on with Joe? I mean, we understand he was one of your best friends, right? He was. He is. I... What? You guys are not the first ones to stop me. No, so. no, no. No, <laughs> no, 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 you're not. I, I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure we're not. You know, that's why we were hoping we could speak to you just for a couple minutes, just to try and get a recollection of that you have of that period. And I really don't want to say anything. Why's that? Because I'm tired of being dragged in the middle of it. Yeah. You're not in the middle they, of it. I mean, oh, I have been for the last 22 years. <laughs> really? It's been going on continuously? How did you even find me here? We're, we're, so we're private investigators. We just know how to find people. Um, well, I'll tell you what. You talk to Joe. You let me see it. And if he says, go ahead and talk, I'll talk. Good okay. Enough? But if he he's your friend, right? So Do you understand? Understand what? What I just said. No. No. You talk to Joe. Okay. Joe says, go ahead and I talk to you all. You let me know. Okay. And I'll talk. Till then... She flashed a peace sign and started to walk away. I guess the biggest question for us is, was he? We're done. Okay. Well, I'll communicate with Joe. I know that he'll want to, because he's wanting us to work for him. Okay. Okay. And that was it. She said we had to get permission from Joe to talk to us. This was also our last day in Ohio for this trip. So we left pretty empty-handed and feeling beaten down. No Amy, no Joe, no Sam. Once we all got to our respective homes, a few days went by and things started falling into place. The guys finally got confirmation for a meeting with Joe, and Joe gave Sam permission to speak to us. John sent the email to Sam, and it was a go. So a few weeks later, we had our next trip planned out, and we were ready to go to Ohio. Y'all, Audible is a sponsor of Murder and Alliance, and I am so happy because I am obsessed with Audible. 
I used to be an avid reader. I have a huge physical library of books in my house. But as time goes on and the busier I get, I just don't have time to read a book. My brain is a million places. I'm doing a million things and sitting down just is not in my schedule. So instead of sitting down and reading, I can listen to my books while doing chores, driving my car. I never thought I would love audiobooks as much as I do. In fact, I really resisted them at first, but now I am a Addicted. If you've heard these ads in the past, I did finish listening to Dune. I'm so excited for the movie to come out. And now I've moved on to one of my favorite books, Neuromancer by William Gibson. With Audible, you can find the largest selection of audiobooks ranging from bestsellers, new releases, business motivation, and celebrity memoirs. You can also find binge-worthy podcasts and Murder and Alliance listeners, you can start your free trial today. Visit audible.com slash unjust or text unjust to 500-500. Honestly, guys, give it a try. I tell everybody about Audible. I love Audible. You will too. Visit audible.com slash unjust or text unjust to 500-500 for your free trial. Y'all, HelloFresh is back and it is my favorite meal delivery service. I know you're sick of hearing me talk about how busy I am, but for real, I know some of you are as busy. And if you are and you don't have time to food shop and you don't have time to prep meals, HelloFresh does it for you. HelloFresh sends you pre-portioned ingredients that ensures you won't spend money on excess food that ends up in the trash and it's 30% cheaper than grocery stores. This is why I love it. I hate buying a bundle of cilantro and a bundle of parsley to only use a few sprigs and it all goes bad with HelloFresh that does not happen. And there are 50 menu and market items to choose from every week. If you're a vegetarian, if you're eating calorie smart, they are designed by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. HelloFresh is great for me because my partner has no idea how to cook. So I do all of the cooking for the sake of my taste buds. But with HelloFresh, all he has to do is follow a very easy step-by-step -step recipe and we get delicious gourmet meals. HelloFresh makes cooking so easy and so fast. Go to hellofresh.com slash MIAMaggie14 and use code MIAMaggie14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MIAMaggie14 and use code MIAMaggie14 for up to 14 free meals. Seriously, guys, there is no point in not trying it. It is America's number one meal kit. I love it and you will too. Once back in Ohio, we made a plan to meet with Sam one evening. On the way there, we were just racking our brains per usual. If Joe's giving her permission, so to speak, to talk with us, then you would think Joe's not worried about what she's going to tell us. Exactly. So, but I've sort of given up on <laughs> understanding no, Joe's. Mean, she's like, these guys are here to talk to me. Joe wanted to know who we were. In his mind, he's like, like you said, he's throwing spitballs at the wall. Yeah. So I feel like he's just hoping Sam is an ally. Okay. I wonder if she's talking about these apartments? Mm-hmm. It's 645. Oh, 
we supposed to call her? Yeah, from Maggie's phone. Mm. Hello. Hey, are you guys here? Yeah, we're here. I'm coming out right now. Okay, all right. Awesome. Sam came down and got the guys, and they all went back up to the apartment she was staying at. Thanks for taking the time for us. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Switch laundry over, so I'm like, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I didn't catch you off guard last time, too. I know it was uncomfortable. You know, we've been up coming up here since January, been looking at the case for months before that. So we're not some of these folks that are coming in and just trying to put something on TV that's going to be... Detectives, I've had investigators, I've had the police. I mean, it was a full-out brawl when it first happened. Yeah, Like, yeah. I came home from work, my mom's like, you gotta put with the lawyer. I said, for what? And she turns on TV and it's all over the news. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So you and Joe, y'all y'all were good friends for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sam eventually relaxed and started opening up. I think the mood changed from last time when they informed her they're just trying to help. We're not even sure he remembers exactly what did happen. We, we feel like he's been fed so much information. And if he's innocent, we want to get him out. We do. Him and David. Right. The guys asked her what really happened. And she confirmed, despite how damning it was, that Joe did say this to her in the basement. Except she didn't believe him. And what did you say? You were you were his best friend. Did you say, are you just talking crazy drunk nonsense? Pretty or much. I just really looked happen? at him. I said, oh, okay, Joe. Well, Dave. I truly honestly believe he didn't do it. Yeah. I said that when I was on the stand, but I really don't think he did do it. Joe was kind-hearted. He's very sensitive. He, does, he would never do that. anything to hurt anybody. And especially like when we were going through the whole process and they said the kids were in the home. I knew right then and there Joe was not part of that. You're you're not the first person that's told us that, that Joe would never, right. even if you could imagine him doing it, he wouldn't do it with kids in the house. Right. Now, if you're wondering, like I was listening in the car, if she might be sticking to a lie to avoid perjury charges. Did you ever feel, feel like they were being really aggressive to make you say something? No. My lawyer shipped me off to Indiana for six months until the whole thing was over. Mm. My lawyer went to court. My lawyer, like I sat him down. And Why did you get a lawyer? Because I was going to, I've got five to 15 years pressed against me for knowing not saying nothing. Sam was smarter than most. She had an attorney present with her during the police interview. And that made it incredibly unlikely for the police to pressure and coerce her with an attorney present. And yet, even though she's adamant, Joe said this. And I'm like, I don't believe it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to go and say something that I don't truly believe and even cause more trouble. Yeah. And then I was in Florida, actually, the day it happened. And that's really what saved my ass. Mm. Because I had a credit card receipt from Florida, where I was. And my lawyer's like, she wasn't even in the state of Ohio. It seemed Sam worried that she could have potentially been framed for the murder if she was in town. Could something like that have happened who knows at this point? So I'm just trying, because this to me is a big deal as far as getting you in the room with the detectives when you're first talking to them. Did they did they sort of ask you open-ended questions of what, you, what did you know? Or did they sort of start almost immediately telling you what, what they, they believed? Said. Yeah. They said, well, we, we uh, arrested Joe on something. And then he started telling us this story, and your name came up, and this is what he said you knew. And I said, okay. And they says, well, is it true? And I says, well, if that's what Joe told you, okay. Yeah. And that's pretty much how the interview went. Like I said before, 
Sam was street smart. She wouldn't give the police any more information than what they gave to her. And they're like, well, what do you know? And I'm like, well, what did Joe tell you? You know what I mean? Just like with you guys, well, what did Joe say? Yeah. Am I allowed to talk to you guys? I just pretty much just repeated what they told me. To yeah. Back to them. Okay. Because A, I wasn't going to put my own opinion in there if it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And B, I don't want to say something if I know for a fact wasn't true. So that's why I never went to the police to begin. And so they, they, it was, it was true that he had told you that in the basement. Right. It's just a matter of what you didn't believe it. Right. right. At this point, we all started to think, maybe there was truth to Joe being involved. His own best friend who loves him and wants to protect him at all costs says he told her he killed Yvonne. So if Joe said this, what are the odds that Rose and Chris, people who live in different towns and are independent from Sam, would have a similar story of Joe telling them he was going to kill a girl and then a girl winds up dead the next day. And so you look at that, you think, well, that doesn't look very fucking good for Joe, you know? Right. So that was why it was important for us to talk to you and see what the real circumstances were behind your statement and grand jury testimony and all that stuff. And, and this really helps. But remember, Sam said she wouldn't tell the police more than they were giving her. So was there more to what Joe told her? Well, there was. Sam dropped one final bombshell. I know David wanted him to. Okay. And I was under the impression that Dave was going to pay him to. Did he tell you that David wanted him to do that? Yes. He did. Did he tell you that multiple times? Yes. Okay. Okay. Before it happened or? Yeah. Like months before. And this is where our investigation took a turn we never expected. Coming up next time on Murder in Alliance. Is there any version of the story that is he's sticking to? <laughs> That's a tough one to answer. Um, My boyfriend at the time, we saw him there that night. We didn't know it was that night at the time. If David did this and, and you know, you didn't and you're protecting him or whatever, then we need to know that. What did you think? Is he this, like, bumbling idiot that, you know, it seems like he's been portrayed as? How confident are you that Joe had made mention that his friend David wanted his wife killed before it happened? Oh, yeah. Y'all, if you like this show, please consider joining the Unjust and Unsolved Patreon. It shows how much you care and helps us continue to tell these stories. Plus, you get some awesome bonus episodes, Q&As, and events as a thank you. And please, please rate and review. The more reviews, the more attention, and the more likely we're going to get tips and leads and the right ears will be reached. Murder in Alliance is produced and reported by me, Maggie Freeling, with editorial consulting from Amber Hunt. Aaron Case is our legal intern, and Bob Mallory is our engineering assistant. For more information and resources, go to murderinalliance.com. You can find Murder in Alliance on Twitter and Instagram at murder underscore alliance and join the discussion on Facebook at Unjust and Unsolved Podcast Discussion Group. Murder in Alliance is a production of the Obsessed Network. 
You can find all their shows at obsessednetwork.com. 